Come on in for the foyer. We want to welcome everyone. It's Sunday morning. Are you here? Are you ready to praise God? Come on, why don't you just stand to your feet with us? People are coming on in from the foyer. As well, we have some people outside. That's awesome. We have family tuning in with us online, and we want to welcome you this morning. This is Newport Church, and we're back. Can I have an amen? Amen. Let's put our hands together. Arise, my soul. Remember this. He took my sin and he buried it. No longer I who live. Now Jesus lives in me. For I was dead. Come on, let me hear you. But I woke up to see the light. 
Home Newport Church. It is so excited to be here. We have been looking forward to this moment for, it seems like forever. It's just wonderful to have you here in God's house today. And we have just worshipped in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to pray now in the presence of the Holy Spirit. You know, 2020 has been quite the year. And uh, it also marks 20 years of me reading my Bible cover to cover. And I've got to tell you, Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. And for those of you who are doing the same Bible reading pattern that I'm doing, we've just finished with Jeremiah and it's like, phew, this is like upside down. But here's the thing, who has the victory? Father God has the victory. And I love the Old Testament. And what I love most about it is every single thing points towards our need of a saviour, our Jesus. And Jonathan and I were talking yesterday about, um, you know, just all the events of the world and what's going on and just life. And I said, well, this is how I get peace. And it's something that I've shared with many of you before, but I love to see visuals. And so here's how I see it. Because the enemy is a bully. No one likes bullies. He's a toothless wonder who knows the word and we've got to know the word and exercise the word as believers in Christ. And here's the, here's the visual. This is, my, this is my peace zone. Father God is seated on the throne, immovable. He doesn't sleep. He does not have short arms. He is not deaf and he is not inadequate in any way, shape or form. The Bible says that Jesus is seated at his right hand, interceding for the saints. And you know, the Holy Spirit is here present with us all the time. Let's praise God for that. Let's praise God for that because when we pray, we must pray according to who He is and not according to what's going on because He always has a plan and He always has the victory. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for this amazing reconnection that we have in your house. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for healing for people who need healing, family members who need healing. We thank you for reconciliation. We thank you for financial breakthrough, better jobs, debt reduction. We thank you, Father God, for all that you are doing right now. We trust you, we love you, and we thank you for who you are. In Jesus' precious name, everyone said, amen. Thank God. So, so, so good. We just got to pray our prayers according to who he is all the time. So it's great to see you and also want to welcome a very dear friend of ours, Pastor Kerry Robinson. He and his wife, Megan, pastor in South County, Orange County, and uh, they're very, very dear friends and we love you and honour you and thank you for being with us this morning. It's a treat. Um, and I just want to say a really big thank you too for um, our volunteers who have spent not just hours, but days and weeks preparing our beautiful venue to be ready for this day. You know who you are. I'm not going to name names, but I want to thank you and thank you for doing it as unto the Lord. Everything, all the hours and all the time that was unseen, we really deeply love and appreciate you. Amen. Amen. You can take your seats now. Um, I'm going to share as part of our worship this morning, a thought about our giving, because it is our privilege indeed to be able to bring our tithes to the storehouse, that there would be food in this house, and that food is natural and yeah. spiritual. Yeah. And for us to 
um, remember that those in need right now need us more than ever. And God does give us seed for sowing. And my prayer for you is that you will have a, a real understanding of the power of, of, of being obedient to the word of God and seeing that blessing work in your life. I want to read to you a scripture that I felt like is a word for us in this season. And it is from Jeremiah. And it's Jeremiah 29, verse 7. And this is what the Bible says. And work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. And I know because of our um, amazing privileged relationship that we have with our local government through Children and Family Services of the need, we have been working alongside, ongoing in this difficult season. And for the kids that don't have family, for the kids who can't have regular visits from their social workers, this has been a really, really difficult time. But I want to tell you, church, I've got some very exciting news, that we have been invited to host the annual Christmas party here at our venue on December 18th. And that is a very big deal because of all the restrictions and all the guidelines. We're hosting a Santa drive through holiday pop-up party outside. Do you like all of that? The kids are excited. <laughs> and um, I know beautiful Deanna is here, a faithful member of our church and one of the senior social workers. But this is a very big deal because then we get to host these kids, make it really special. And we are working in a collaborative with other churches, with Saddleback, with Eastside Church. And I know the Movement Church, Pastor Kerry and Megan want to be involved as well. But we'd love to have you help volunteer. And of course, when we're giving our offering this morning, please, let's remember those in need. And of course, I know there are many needs in our own church, and we want to make sure we are looking after our church family as well. But there are people outside hurting, hurting financially. They need help. They need us to be hands and feet of Jesus. Amen. So if you've got your offering there, um, you can either give in an envelope at the back of your seat there. Obviously, a lot of us give online, and that's a great way to give. But I'm going to pray for you now. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for every faithful giver in this church. I thank you, Lord God, for the privilege that we have of bringing to you what is yours in the tithe. And I thank you, Father God, that your word says that what comes back to us is blessed. And I thank you for that blessing. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Okay, so our host team are going to pass the offering containers along. No, they're not. No, absolutely not. I don't know what's happening. But uh, don't spend what you're about to give to God. Here's Jacob. He'll explain what to do with it. <laughs> Here you, mate. Come on, give Dai a big round of applause. Just so you know, before we transition this, we are going touchless with our giving. So we have a Newport Church app that you can give. We have our website where you can give. Or if you'd like to give, old school is what I call it, by a check. Are there checks still? Oh, yeah, there are. By a check or cash, we have envelopes at the Connect Zone. So feel free to go out there, grab a, uh, an envelope. There is a offering drop box at the back of the door. Someone from our team will help kind of guide you to where that goes. But hey, we are back in church. Come on. Let's give Jesus a big shout of praise that we are back. We are home right where we belong. Come on. I'm so excited to be here. And if you're visiting 
with our church this morning or you're watching online, we are so, so grateful that you are here, that you are watching, that you are present this morning. And our mission as a church is to connect people to Christ, to their God-given purpose, and to life-giving relationships. And if you need more information, again, like I said, we have a church app. We have a connect zone right outside of these walls, right in the middle of the foyer. It says connect. There's a really nice green plant there, so you can't miss the green plant. And if you're online watching and you want to learn more about who we are, uh, feel free to go to our website. Or we do have a Newport Church app that you can download, and we would love to get to know you, connect with you and just be with you in this season. But we are excited to be home once again. And following this service, we have a very special uh, vision brunch that we're gonna really just kind of cast the vision uh, into the new year. We're not gonna talk about 2021 because we are still present in 2020 and we need to get out of life alive to get through this year, right? So we're gonna talk about how we're gonna transition through this year and how we'll, what the future is gonna look like. And we are so excited that you're gonna come because we're gonna feed you. If you got kids, we're gonna feed your kids too. So, hey, come out. It's gonna be a great uh, lunch. There's plenty of distancing and stuff for you guys to be able to feel comfortable and confident in. Um, I heard there's a corner bakery. Is that right, Michael? The boss bought Corner Bakery for y'all, so it's going to be a good, good time. But hey, without any further ado, if I can just ask you to rise to your feet as we honor the word of God and welcome our senior pastor, Jonathan Wilson, to the platform. Come on, church, let's give him a big shout. Awesome. Whoa, that's loud. How are you doing? Good to be in church, and if you're watching online wherever you may be. So glad that you joined us. Of course, this is a different format. If you like the look of this, you've got to come and join us next week. And we'd love to have you here in person, but so glad you can join us online. And for everyone that's here, you are a sight for sore eyes. Come on. How awesome it is that we can gather again. And of course, in this season, uh, it's been a real... Uh, <laughs> It's been a different season for us all, but, you know, the burning question in our hearts and on our minds has been, how and when do we re-enter? So, here we are, we're back, November 8th, 2020, 35 weeks since we last met in the building, can you believe that? And uh, we're here, and what a great sense, what an awesome sense of the presence of God, and we're so thrilled that you could be with us um, I want to do a couple of things. I'm going to keep you standing. I have to stand, so you're going to stand with me for a minute. A couple of things that we're going to do. Number one, uh, on the 11th of November, three days from now, it's Veterans Day. Veterans Day is a day when we honor those who have served in our military and those who are serving in our military. It's on the 11th of November because on the 11th day of the 11th month at the 11th hour, in 1918, the armistice was signed that ended the First World War. And so it's a day we remember those who served in the military. Our son, Ben, is in the U.S. Air Force, just graduated from his F-22 fighter pilot training. Di and I were able to be there with him. It was a real pleasure and a joy to be with him and to see him graduate. He got, all, he got awards. He doesn't want us to talk about that. Uh, but it was, uh, it was fantastic. Got up real close to an F-22. So uh, 
that he's one. But there are people here I know who have served in the military, and we want to take a moment to, to honor you, to thank you for your service. And uh, we are so glad that you, you have served your country in the way that you have. So why don't we give them a big hand? And any of those who are watching online today, the other thing I want to do is I want to pray for our nation. Uh, in case anyone is unaware of it, we've just had a general election. And uh, I think it was yesterday that uh, the former vice president, uh, Joe Biden, was declared the winner of the presidential election by the Associated Press. And we're in the process of that right now. We're right in the middle of it. And uh, we want to pray for our nation. And as a church, as believers, I believe that it's very important that we pray for our leaders. The Bible says that we should pray for our leaders, not just if they're Democrat, not just if they're Republican, but we should pray for them and pray for those in leadership. Pray that God will give them wisdom. Pray that God will give them grace. Pray that God will help them to make wise choices in the leadership of this great nation. And so right now, it's not a time for polarization. It's a time for us uniting together as a nation, uniting together as a people of God and praying for our leaders. And three things I felt in my heart. Number one, pray. Number two, extend grace. There's been an election. Pretty much, you know, half the population go one way, half the population voting the other way. Always very close. But let's exercise and extend grace to those maybe who see things differently to ourselves. And then last of all, let's believe God. Let's believe God that in all of this, our nation is going to see a revival, that God is going to move forward. His purpose and will will be established. Can you, can you believe that with us today? So come on, let's pray. Yeah. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord your amazing love and grace. We thank you that you are the sovereign Lord, that you cause nations to rise and fall. You, Lord, are the one in whom we put our trust. And Lord, we pray for our nation at this time. We pray, Lord, that for the leaders of our nation, Lord, give them wisdom. Give them great grace. Lord, may godly decisions be made that in the coming days and in the ensuing months, we pray for unity in our nation. We pray for peace in our nation. And we pray above all that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, and amen. Give Jesus a big hand of praise. All right, you may be seated. Thank you to our worship team. Great job today. Appreciate you. All right. Well, here we are. Amazing. And uh, this is kind of different for me to be able to speak to people who I can see. Well, I can only see half your faces. So if you're going to smile, please smile with your eyes. And uh, uh, I've been used to eight months of speaking to a camera. I got quite used to that camera. I, I, I made friends with that camera. And I saw you by faith at the other end of that camera. But now I can see you by sight. And you're a lot better looking than that camera. So great to be 
great to be here. I want to speak this morning a word that I have in my heart. It's a series that I started a couple of weeks ago, but I, I believe this is a word, a significant word for us today on this, our first service back in our church building. And I'm continuing with the theme of great grace, great grace. John 1 verse 17 says this, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. But the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Who would like to live according to the law that Moses gave? Or who would prefer to live by the grace and truth that Jesus brings? Of course, the laws of Moses and those that are applicable, that are eternal truths, are truths that we live by. But thank God for the grace that we can receive through Jesus Christ. One of my favorite verses is in John chapter 1, where we read, And we beheld His glory, as of the only begotten of the, of the Father, full of grace and truth. When we think about this season that we've been in, and all of the facets of it, and it seems like yesterday, but at the same time, it seems like years ago, that all of a sudden we went into lockdown from the very first reports of the impact of COVID-19 to the cessation of school services, uh, school services, church services, and, and schools, oh, schools, yes, and distance learning and trying to work out all the various platforms that the school use. Schoology is the latest one, and you name it. I've forgotten them all, but they seem to change them every week. And then becoming a, 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 a teacher's aide. Um, and then, of course, all that we went through with uh, the racial tension and the rioting and political polarization, and of course, the, the eternal quest for toilet paper that... Uh, everyone was racking their brains. Where can we find it? I don't quite know why that was so important, but it was. And if ever there's been a time where we've needed great grace, it's now. Have there been worse seasons than this? Oh, yes, there have. If you lived 100 years ago, 1918, 1914 to 18, you would have gone through the First World War. And at the end of it, the Spanish flu, the impact of which was far greater than COVID-19. So, but the reality is for all of us, this has been a, a different and a difficult time in many ways. And we've needed great grace. We've needed greater grace. The word grace in the Greek is the word charis, from which you get the word charisma or charismatic. And it literally means favor the divine, undeserved favor and spiritual blessing that comes from God. We know, and we said it many times before, that grace is that we receive what we don't deserve. And, oh, sorry, we, rec <laughs> we receive what we don't deserve, and we don't receive what we do deserve. We receive the grace of God as a, as a free gift. And the early church was known that it was known that great grace, great grace was upon them all. There are so many different words. I did a word study and 
Time doesn't permit, but in my preparation, I did a word study of all the words that go together. I mean, we all know that there are words that go together, like bacon and eggs. They're two good words right now. Pepper and salt. Uh, lots of words that go together, but grace, it's amazing. The words that go with grace are so powerful. We think about the, the many Many words in the Bible, and as I look through it, you can look through it. Grace, truth, mercy, favor, blessing, love, kindness, order, honor, glory, justice, goodness, freedom, fellowship, beauty, respect, prayer, joy, peace, hope, understanding, knowledge, grace, and more grace. Those are words that come with grace that all of us can experience. We need great grace. Paul speaks of superabundant grace, and he uses the word hooper in Greek, which means hyper. That's Jacob this morning. Jacob Palmer this morning was hyper-enthusiastic, hooper-enthusiastic about being back in church. And so he uses this word, which basically uh, in the Greek is translated super, hyper-abundant grace. That's the grace that God wants to extend to us. And all of that flows and comes through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need great grace. We need the grace that speaks about the forgiveness that we've all received, the undeserved favor of God. But I want to focus today upon the other aspect of, faith, of grace, which is the enabling grace that God gives to us. Because grace not only forgives us, but it's not only through grace that God forgives us, but it's through grace that God enables us. And so grace is also the enabling power that God has given to each of us to fulfill our God-given calling. Paul talked about, said this in 1 Corinthians 3.10, according to the grace, I have laid the foundation and another one builds on it. Do you know that God has given you a specific grace? He has graced you for the thing that he has called you for. Every one of us has been graced with giftings in order to see, in order to fulfill the potential of our lives, and in order to see God's kingdom come. God is able, Paul talked about in 2 Corinthians 9. He was talking about generosity, but speaking beyond merely generosity, he was saying, God is able to make all grace abound to you. And that's my prayer for you, and that's my prayer for us at this time, that God would make all grace abound towards us at this time. We need great grace. And I want to talk about five things, so I'm going to go quickly this morning. Five things that we, that great grace enables us for, and what we need great grace for. Number one, the first thing is, we need great grace to walk through difficult times. Has anyone felt in these last eight months you've needed great grace? Or if ever you've been through a, a, a painful, uh, heartbreaking season in your life, we, you need and we need great grace for that season. All of us have difficult days. All of us have to live with uncertainty. But the good thing is that when we walk through difficult times, we know that we are not alone. I can't imagine what it's like not to 
have an active living faith in Jesus Christ and know the work of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. I often hear about tragedy or people that go through difficult and heartbreaking circumstances and situations and knowing that they don't have a faith and they don't have an active faith, I ask myself the question, I wonder how people can live through those situations and those circumstances without knowing the grace of God. But thank God we've got the grace of God and God gives us grace. And I, I want to encourage you, as we go through difficult times, you know how we receive grace? Grace is a free gift. How do you receive a free gift? You ask God for it and you receive it by faith. I want to encourage you in these days, in these difficult days and the days ahead, we're not out of the woods yet. Ask God, God give me grace for today. I love the verse Hebrews 13.5 where the writer of Hebrews says, For he himself has said, I will never fail you nor forsake you. And then it goes on, so we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Why? Because God's grace enables us to go through those difficult times. I love that song we sing. There's another in the fire. Um, and in the, in the words, don't worry, I'm not going to sing it. That would be a memorable experience for all the wrong reasons. Um, that says there's a grace when the heart is under fire. There's a grace when the heart is under fire. And it goes on and it says there, uh, I know I will never be alone. There was another in the fire standing next to me. And of course, that refers to the story in the book of Daniel where Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that's an interesting name, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, uh, refused to bow down and worship the golden image that uh, the king has, has set up. And so they're thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. And as they're thrown into the burning, fiery furnace, the king, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, is amazed because he says to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? And they answered and said to him, true, O king, and look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they're not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. What an amazing picture that is of how when you and I walk through difficult times, we can know that there's one who's walking beside us. And he's the Son of God. He's with us in the midst of it. And it goes on to say that not a hair was singed, not their, their robes were not burned in any way, shape, or form. We need great grace to walk through difficult times. Secondly, we need great grace to understand the times. Second Chronicles 12.32, speaking about David's mighty men. And it talks there about the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Wow. Who needs people like that around them? People who understand the times. Because when you understand the times, you know what you ought to do. And I want to encourage you in these times. Anyone been 
in the last eight months wondering what on earth is going on? Yeah, that's when we can ask God, God, give me grace so that I can understand what you're doing. Give me grace so that I can understand what you're saying. Give me grace so that I can make sense of all that's taking place around me. Because one thing is for sure, God is at work. God has a plan. God has a purpose. And even though we may have been through a year that none of us ever expected, we know that God is with us. He's working out His purpose. He's working out His plan. And understanding brings purpose to our experience. God always brings a purpose to our experience. And when we can understand the times, what is God doing? What is the shift that's taking place? One of the things that I, I uh, have sensed, and it's not up on the screens, but it was up there earlier, it was, the words were, a brand new season. That's what I'm believing for, a brand new season. I don't want to go back to the way things, anyone want to go back to the way things were? No, I want to go forward into a brand new season. I want to take some of the lessons I've learned during this last eight months into the next season. And if we understand the times, we can take those lessons. Maybe one of the lessons is that God wants us to return to our first love. Hey, I love coming to church. I love the fact that you came this morning. But I don't want to live my life like a balloon that needs to keep getting pumped up and then the air comes out and I fly all around the room and then I come back again and get pumped up again and I let out into the world and I'm flying around like, no, I want to live my life where my, my love for God keeps me anchored in Him when I'm at home, when I'm at work, when I'm in my car, wherever I am. But hey, I'm not in any way diminishing the power of us gathering together but I am talking about maybe God is saying, hey, come on, let's live our lives 24-7 closer to Him. Let's get back to basics. Let's re renew our first love for God because we, in times like this, we can't depend upon that Sunday morning or Sunday night experience that's going to get us through the week and that we white-knuckle the other six days of the week until we come back here we are again, I made it to church on Sunday morning. No, maybe God's wanting us to come back to Him, to our reading of the Word, to our prayer, to our devotion of Him. Third thing, we need great grace to understand our weakness and to give us strength. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, But he said to me, Jesus said to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. Paul was, had just recounted in the previous chapter all of his qualifications of apostleship. He had recounted his pedigree. He had recounted uh, all of his experiences, all the things that he had suffered. Anyone want to be like the Apostle Paul? Read 1 Corinthians 
2 Corinthians chapter 11. And you'll read all the things he went through. And, and, it's, as if he's, and it, it's as if he's boasting. But he's saying, I'm not boasting. But then he went on to say, but God, so that I wouldn't boast, allowed Satan to put a thorn in my flesh. And he said, and I prayed once for God to remove it, and nothing happened. I prayed twice for God to remove it, and nothing happened. I prayed three times for God to remove it, and God said, okay, now I'm going to tell you why you've got the thorn in your flesh. It's to stop you becoming proud. And it was in that that Paul was able to say, okay, I'm going to have to live with that thorn in my flesh, but I'm thankful that God said he's going to give me the grace to live with that thorn in my flesh. I think sometimes we think that as Christians, everything's going to be all hay and sunshine. We think that maybe God's going to deliver us from all our troubles. He will deliver us from all our troubles. But sometimes God allows things to happen in our life to, to work His grace into our personal experience. Jacob walked with a limp for the rest of his life. God didn't heal his limp, but his limp reminded him of how he needed to depend upon God, not his own scheming, not his own plans, not his own way of trying to get his own way. And here Paul, it's as if Paul talks about his greatest strength. And Paul, and God says to him, yeah, I want you to know that your greatest strength can be your greatest weakness. How many of you know that your greatest strength has the potential to be your greatest weakness? Maybe you're someone who's very charismatic. Your charisma may be your greatest strength, but it has the potential to be your greatest weakness. Because through that, pride will give an, 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 an entrance to things that will potentially destroy you. How many of you know people who, are, who, who maybe have an eye for detail? They have a, an amazing strength an ability to have an eye for detail. They can see things that other people can't see. That's a great strength. But what's the great weakness? They're always seeing what's wrong in every picture. Your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. Um, there are so many things that, that, that are examples of that in, in our own lives as we think about them and look about them, look at them. Maybe you're a risk taker. Um, well, that's a great strength to be able to take risks. But the, great, the downside of that is that potentially you're going to be taking risks that you haven't proper, properly uh, worked out the consequences of that risk. Maybe you're analytical. Your greatest strength is you're analytical. What's your greatest weakness if you're analytical? You're going to become critical. So we need to understand that our greatest strength is our greatest, potentially our greatest weakness. And that's what God was, was saying to Paul. I'm going to keep you humble, but I'm going to allow my grace. I'm going to allow my grace to be sufficient for you in those situations in life where you feel like you have a thorn in your flesh. So secondly, grace reminds us of our weaknesses and our need to depend on God. And that as we depend upon God, He is our strength. The fourth thing is, we need grace to live together. Yeah. 
<laughs> Who can resonate with that? I wonder if there was a camera. Oh, maybe, uh, what's her name? Alexa? It's, Ale it's Alexa, isn't it? She's the one who's always piping up and listens to every conversation. I wonder if Alexa was to play back to us our worst moment. No, let's not talk about that. We need grace to live together. Have, has anyone got on your nerves recently? Have you got on anyone's nerves recently? Do you feel like you've lived in a pressure cooker? Do you feel like there's some tension in the air? <laughs> Do you feel like there's a little more stress, a little more pressure, a little more tension around at the moment? We need grace. We need grace to live together. We, we need grace. And here's the thing. We just had an election. Half the population is happy. The other half of the population, give or take, whatever, is unhappy. We need grace. We need grace if, we're, if, you've, if, if you're on the side that has come out of this the way you wanted it to come out, be gracious. Don't gloat. Don't, don't uh, use it as an opportunity. Just be gracious to those who see things differently to you. If you're on the side, maybe that hasn't, things haven't worked out the way you wanted them to work out, be gracious. Hey, four years' time, <laughs> the good news is we'll be at it all over again. <laughs> Please, Lord, help us. We need grace. We need grace right now. We're, we're wearing masks. I hate wearing masks. I had to sit on a plane for three hours wearing a mask. I felt like I was suffocating. I needed great grace. Or a lot of food that I could take my mask off and eat, but they weren't serving any food, so that was no help. We need great grace so that we can live with each other. We need great grace because there are some people maybe who aren't here today because they don't want to come to church and have to wear a mask during worship or during, during, the, uh, um, during the Word. There, there, there are others who, who, who are going to take longer to come back to meeting in an in-person situation. But we need grace. Don't be the person that sees someone in church without a mask and run up to them and say, put your mask on. Don't be a mask Nazi. I'm so thankful I'm speaking today because I don't have to wear a mask. We want to, we want to adhere to the mandates and we want to be doing all the product necessary protocols, but what I'm saying is, do you understand what I'm saying? My opinion about how is different to maybe your opinion, but I need to exercise grace in that area. God, give me grace to live with you. Oh, no, sorry. God gave you grace to live with me. We can ask God to give us grace to live with each other. I asked our daughter, who's 13, um, yesterday, 
and I was talking about my message with her, and I said, we, one of the points was we need grace to live together, and she was in the car, and she looked at me like this, and she said, oh, yes, we do. <laughs> Fifthly and lastly, as the worship team come, we need grace to make the crooked paths straight. I love this chapter of Isaiah. Isaiah is the Bible in miniature. If you didn't know that, 66 books, 66 chapters that relate to the 66 books of the Bible. The first 39 relate to the Old Testament and deal with the judgment of God on the nation of Israel. The next 27 deal with grace, the grace that God extends to His people. And this is what it says, Isaiah 40. This is the first verse of the 27 chapters that relate to the New Testament in the, in the book of Isaiah. The first word, guess what the first word is? Comfort. Comfort. God wants to bring us comfort. Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem. And cry out to her that her warfare is ended and her iniquity is pardoned. For she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. And then verse 3, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Make every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight. The rough places smooth and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. What an amazing passage of scripture. I believe that's a word for the church. It's a word for the church today that God is the God who makes who, who, who is going to cause every mountain and hill to be brought low. And he's going to make every, every rough place smooth and every crooked place straight. And that word crooked in the Hebrew is the word akob, which means crooked, insidious, deceitful, polluted. Our world is filled with crooked paths. I was on a crooked path before I encountered Jesus. So were you. We were all on a crooked path until Jesus came with His grace and put us on a straight path. It's only grace and truth that will make the crooked path straight. And I want to encourage you in this day and in this time that we're in when there are so many voices and so many opinions and so many ideas and so many ideologies and so many philosophies that are, that are, are voicing their opinions that we are being bombarded with on our iPhones or Androids or whatever, social, whatever phone or appliance you use. I think I'm going back to the old-fashioned phone with the, you know, the dial that you dial like that. And someone has to actually physically ring you. And if you're out, then you're out. You don't get the call anyway. But let me remind every one of us this thing. No philosophy, no political party, no activist movement, no civil unrest is going to make the crooked path straight. The rough places smooth will bring low those who exalt themselves or exalt the lowly. No, it's grace, 
grace, grace, and grace alone that will make the crooked path straight. And I love what Zechariah says. He says, Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain. You shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, 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 grace. The capstone is the last stone, if I'm not correct, two architects over here. It's the last stone that's put in a building. The last stone, the last word is grace, 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 grace. Let's remember that it wasn't Pilate or the might of the Roman Empire. It wasn't Herod. It wasn't the zealots of the day. It wasn't the Pharisees or the Sadducees or the Stoic and Epicurean philosophers that Paul uh, debated on Mars Hill in Athens who changed the course of human history. It was a man called Jesus of Nazareth who was born in a stable it was a man who walked among us for 33 years and declared the grace and love of God to our world. And if we want to see our world change, it is through the grace and truth that the Lord Jesus Christ can bring to our lives and to our world. If there was ever a day where we needed to know God's grace, it's today. May we know that grace in our lives in Jesus' name. Great grace. For today and hope for tomorrow. Would you stand with me? Give Jesus a big hand of praise and we're going to worship God for a few more moments together.
prayer is that you would move by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, that you would cause revival to break out in this land. Lord, awaken the hearts of men, women, and children right across this land and right across the world, that people's hearts would turn to you, that, Lord, you, by your Spirit, would draw people towards yourself. Lord, that there would be a move of your Spirit. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We ask you to move in our land, move across the face of this land and across the world. We give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Give Jesus a big, big hand of praise, church. Come on. One of the greatest things that can happen to uh, any individual is to come to that moment in their life where they're awakened to the reality of God and of His love and of His grace. The grace of God that is extended towards us. The grace that Jesus extended when He hung on the cross. And He hung in our place so that we could be forgiven. So that the justice and the requirement of God's justice would be, the price would be paid through His death so that we could go free. And if you're here today or you're watching our service online, we want to give you an opportunity today to be able to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I talked earlier about how we're all on a crooked path until we encounter the grace and the love and the truth of Jesus Christ. And He's the one who can straighten the path. He's the one who can cause us to align ourselves to His love, to His divine purpose and His plan for our lives. Because from the beginning of time, God had a plan for you for each and every one of us. And He's calling you home. He's calling you home to your Heavenly Father. And all you have to do is to accept Jesus. Accept the free gift of salvation. The free gift of forgiveness. The free gift of eternal life. The free gift of His love and grace. And we're going to give you an opportunity to do that right now by praying this prayer after me. And I believe that if you pray this prayer with all of your heart, you're going to know God's grace, His love, His forgiveness at work in your life. Your spirit is going to become alive to God and alive to His love and purpose for your life. Come on, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I come to you today in the name of Jesus. And I receive you, Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. Forgive me. Give me a new beginning, a fresh start. Cause my spirit to come alive to you. Let me know your divine purpose for my life. And from this day on, I determine in my heart, I will follow you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Why don't we give Jesus a big hand of praise? If you prayed that prayer, we want to do everything we can to help you. If you're in our service today, we have our team here um, by the sound booth there. You can get a book called Following Jesus, and it outlines some of the next steps that you can take as you begin to follow Him 
and we want to do everything we can to help you on that journey. If you're watching online, it's going on the screen right now. The uh, link to that, we want to get that booked to you and we will talk about how we can help you take those next steps. Of course, one of those is to start to read your Bible. God will start to speak to you. Talk to God. Ask Him for great grace every day. And the other is uh, to be a part of a community of faith where you can have people of like mind who can encourage you and, and, and be there for you. And we've got all sorts of ways that you can connect, and uh, we'd love to help you do that today. Awesome. Well, we come to the end of our first service for 35 weeks in our church building. It wouldn't have been the same without you. Thank you for coming. And, and uh, how many of you know that you make a difference? You bring something with you. You bring an atmosphere of faith. You contribute something. And so good to see you all. I want to highlight that after our service, if you want to join us for lunch in about 15 minutes in the second auditorium or the barn, uh, we, you can join us for lunch. We have some lunch for you. We want to share a few thoughts with you about what the next couple of months, few months are going to look like, some of the things that we're going to be doing as a church. And it's going to be short. It's uh, going to be about 45 minutes max. We'll be finished at 1.15. And we'd love you to be there, be a part of it. Um, we can, you, everyone got your stickers. I can see some green stickers here. You can elbow bump. You can, you know, fist pump. You can do whatever you feel comfortable with. But we'd love to see you. And uh, uh, so glad that you came. Let me pray for you. If you need God to touch you, heal you, God's presence, His Spirit is here. God's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or imagine. Maybe you need a breakthrough in your life. I want to pray, pray for you as you go. Father, I thank you for each and every person here. You know everything about us. You know our struggles. You know the, the things that we, that, that, that we are battling. You know the aches and pains, and you know the things that, that, that touch every area of our lives, body, soul, and spirit. You're the God who heals us. You're the God who restores. You're the God who turns the tide of impossible situations. You're the God who speaks in the silence. You're the God who brings hope in despair. You're the God who encourages us when we're discouraged. You're the God who can, who can turn our lives around. May you, Holy Spirit, work in each and every life. Whatever it may be, we know that you're the God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or imagine. And we thank you today for your amazing grace. We thank you for great grace. Let great grace be upon us all. We ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, and amen.